What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hello, I'm Matt Greenio. I started the Group Hugs podcast to find out more about all the artists and musicians I've met, worked with, or become aware of in the course of devoting my own life to music. With the help of my co-host Alex Tyke, we've embarked on a quest to uncover the origin stories of musicians everywhere in their own words. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the show. It's my it's my uh, guest today, and it's Alex Tuisku. Oh yeah, that was definitely me. That was me. She can't help it but drum. Yeah, uh, I'm just drumming all the time. She's drumming all the time. In my mind. In my oh. drumming in, in my, my mind. mind. I'm drumming in your mind. Right now, yeah. Holy shit! That was what was coming out. I didn't do anything. Oh damn! And nice. there's no just, uh, there's no t- video proof for anybody to discredit me with. Mm, I just I just took possession of your mind and made you drum. It was pretty wild. And uh, that's how powerful our guest today is. And uh, well, thank you. And she's uh, been long overdue. And we were actually talking on the way over here how this has been uh, such a long time coming. And uh, of course, as any talent on mic should do, I blamed the producer. Mm-hmm. But the real reason is more nefarious, and I'd like <laughs> to share that with you now. I, I was oh. kind of worried myself about having a guest also named Alex. I don't. I don't mean to, you know, underestimate the audience that we have, mm-hmm. but I thought it might get confusing. Oh, yeah. I mean, our voices are so similar. That's true. And then not only are our first names the same, but our last names both start with T. Yeah, I think that, I think, I don't I don't think the average person could probably handle that. The average person, no. But do we have average listeners listening? We probably have above average listeners uh, listening to this show. I'd have okay. to think that... 99% of the people listening to the show uh, are very familiar with it, almost to the point of them being on the episode. Oh, yeah, yeah. True. But if there's anybody else that's never been on the show that's listening to it, I don't, again, want to miss, you know, mistake your ability to understand two different people named Alex. But that was my worry. But, I, you know, I, I, uh, I, put it, I put it to bed, and, and I'm so glad that you're here. Thanks. I'm glad to be here. So, uh... We're gonna be talking about your your musical history, your 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 story, as it were. Okay. How you came to be a player in the Atlanta music scene. All 
Alrighty. Which, for all intents and purposes, like everywhere else in the world, except for probably some some scene in New Zealand, is on hiatus at the moment. But that doesn't mean you haven't been recording or writing or doing all kinds of work. That's true. I, I mean, I, I wouldn't say all kinds, but, you know. Oh. Well, <laughs> to start with, like somebody did in the intro, uh, I did a little drumming. Is mm-hmm. is that, would you say, your primary instrument? Uh, I mean, yeah, definitely. It's an instrument I'm, I'm most comfortable with. Is um, that what you started uh, playing first? Um, I actually, like, tried taking guitar lessons for a while when I was, like, 12, and, um... What brought that on, exactly? Was, uh, um, was there a person in your life that made you want to start playing music? Well, I mean, both of my parents listened to a lot of different kinds of music. Like, my dad would listen to, like, a lot of classic rock and, like, like funk and stuff like that. My mom liked disco and, like, blues and shit like that, so... I was really exposed to a lot of music when I was younger, and like I also played like games like Rock Band and Guitar Hero, and that Absolutely. really got me into other bands that I hadn't already heard. Um, so I was like, "Oh shit, I want to play guitar, like real guitar." And um, I started taking guitar lessons, and I was like having an okay time with it. Like chords were really hard for me, and then one day, my guitar teacher just like randomly moved to. California without telling anyone went out for a pack of cigarettes (laughs) yeah he never came back um he didn't even tell his work like I just showed up for my lesson and they're like yeah we don't know where he is and then like later on they told me yeah he moved to California he didn't even like give us two weeks I don't know he just looked like a like a knockoff Kurt Cobain though Maybe it was Kurt Cobain. <laughs> yeah, reincarnated. Had faked his death. No, 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 no. Oh, not reincarnated, just... but faked his death, and then you know started teaching clandestine guitar lessons. And then when he got a little too hot, I mean, honestly, it might have been him because I asked to learn "Smells Like Teen Spirit," and he got and all then upset. He, and then he left. Like I asked him to teach me "Smells Like Teen Spirit," and like a week later, I feel like he left. That's chilling. That is. Uh... <laughs> yeah. Look, I'm not. Uh, <laughs> conspiracy theorist or anything but yeah, you know of course not. i'm obviously it's pretty unlikely but this show is all about holding out hope so yeah, i i'd like to think know. kurt cobain's still out there he's in california right now teaching people guitar until they ask him to play smells like teen spirit or yeah. any nirvana song probably true true or whole i don't know anyway I, he was fine this was where exactly where did you grow up i grew up in florida you grew up in florida yes and what was that like exactly as far as finding other people that were in your same, uh, you know, um, headspace musically? Your well, age, that is. I mean, when I was really young, like, when I was, like, first starting out, like, it was pretty much impossible. I just had to, like, convince my friends to learn how to play an instrument. You know were, what I mean? Were you successful in any of those cases, like, long-term? Or would they just um, do it to placate you, you think, for, like, the day? No, I mean, like, I did have, like, a band in middle school for a little while. What was the name of it? <laughs> no, you gotta say it. It is uh, Dominators of the Sandbox. Nice. Or Dots, we would call oh. it. Oh! Yeah. So, we were a band in middle school. Like, I played drums, and then... My friend Carrie played bass, Bryn played guitar, and then we had, like, rotating, like, singers, because, like... Would you sing? Uh, No, I didn't sing back then. Okay. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Spoiler, she sings later. Yeah. But back then you weren't, and uh, what kind of music did you guys do? I mean, it was just like... A lot of covers? No, actually, we didn't do any covers. We wrote, like, originals. They were all just kind of, like, generic, like, rocky songs, you know? And how old were you, like, 12, 13? Um, I was, like, 12 or 13 there, yeah. And, uh... 
Any any big shows? Uh, no, we played at like my mom's art show um, a couple times, a couple different art shows. And um, then split up for creative differences, I assume. Um, so I was contacted by a couple of guys. Um, they were like 16. Oh. And I was 13, and they were like, they found the Dominators of Sandbox Reber- uh, Reverb Nation page. Mm. And they're like, hey, we, we think you're a really good drummer. Do you want to be a drummer in our band? And I was like, oh, sure. So I joined their band, and, like, long story short, I started dating one of the members, and basically he kind of, like, got in my head and, like, told me, like, oh, you know, your other band, you know, it's not very good, like... He was Yoko ono in your ass. Yeah, and he's like, he's like, you know, you can do so much better, like, you know, in our band, like, you really don't need to, like, waste your time with that. It would be funny if Ringo had Yoko <laughs> instead of John. Yeah. Ringo is the one with the girlfriend that was like, you're better than them. <laughs> so, yeah, basically that pretty much happened. And then it eventually. Did it work? It, did he give, did he convince you well, to. Well, uh, uh, were you t- playing with them? It took like a, yeah, it took like a while to kind of like get in my head. Like, if, like at least a few months. But I was like 13 and I was like obsessed with this guy because he was like, you know, older, cool rock star kind of. I mean, he seemed like a rock star to me. Like now, if I look back, he looked like a total idiot. But. Um, eventually he got in my head, but, like, I still was, like, friends with everyone in Dots. Like, I didn't, like, sure, ruin sure. any friendships from it. I did, we just kind of stopped practicing and stuff. I understand. And yeah. did, and you did, you said, play with these, uh, these other guys. Yeah, that band was called The Crims. Spell that. K-R-I-M-N-S. W- what does that mean? Um, th- <laughs> this is really stupid, uh-huh. but they came up with the name because they thought those letters were the most, like, appealing to the auditory senses or something like that. So they were high? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. What kind of music was that? Was uh, it was that music appealing to the auditory senses? Um, some of it was kind of cool. Like, um, the guitarist, John, he was, like, a pretty, pretty, he was a pretty talented musician, um, came up with some cool songs um but it kind of like fluctuated in genres like like based on like what artists they were like obsessing over at the time you know like they're like this is like 2010 era i mean i was like maybe like 13 14 so 15 so around then right yeah music of the time no no like like they'd be like oh we love um you know, the Beatles, and then they'd want to write songs like the Beatles, and then they'd be like, oh, now we like uh, Nirvana. Mm. And then they'd be obsessed with Nirvana, and they'd be like, but the Pixies inspired Nirvana, so uh, therefore the Pixies are better than Nirvana, so now they're trying to sound like the Pixies. Like, it was just like that constant, like, cycle. It got really old. Did you, do you think as a drummer in that kind of cycle, being caught up in that made you learn a little I guess a, a bunch of different styles. Yeah, of- I mean, I guess I learned some style variations for sure, but it was frustrating when I'd be like, you know, well, I thought like, we were doing one thing and now we're doing another. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's like I'd be like listening to Nirvana and they're like, oh, why are you listening to Nirvana? The Pixies are much better, and I'm like, seriously, we were just listening to Nirvana together like three days ago. <laughs> so beyond the varying uh, opinions of who's supposed to be the inspiration for that band, it sounds like a lot of the. Interpersonal conflicts that got old after a while. Yeah, it's just kind of like, I don't know. I mean, I, I broke up with that guy, and, you know, we dated for, like, almost three years. Mm. Um, I broke up with him, and just, you know, they they moved to, like, Seattle together and shit. Um, so I guess they settled on Nirvana. 
Uh, yeah, probably. Um, after that, I'm sorry. What was the Crims? Right. Crims. After the Crims, uh, dissolution and I guess exodus to Seattle. Where Where does that leave you as far as playing music and um, in Florida still? At that point, I just kind of started writing some stuff on my own. Uh, and how would you write? I mean, I would main like I don't have any like le- legitimate recordings, but I would just like sit down and like come up with a guitar riff, and then like uh, listen back to it, and then like come up with vocals, and then like record <laughs> the guitar riff playing through my phone. Um, so you did pick up guitar? Yeah, I just like slowly over time, just kind of like picked up on it a little bit. Right. Um, but like I would like play back the guitar, and then like come up with vocals and then like record that on like my iPod so it was like a recording of a recording. I like it. Um so I have a lot of those on my hard drive. It's kind of like taking a video of your television screen yeah, because exactly. you can't find the clip on exactly, YouTube. Exactly, exactly. But it's yeah. really funny. Yeah, it's pretty much that. Really shit quality. No, that's just the the you know, the hard knock life right there of recording your own ideas with mm-hmm. an iPod touch voice memo app. <laughs> exactly. I've been there. Yeah. I still do it. I mean, I do it all the time. I just They don't sound terrible. No, I mean, especially not now. Like they sound really good now. Yeah. But back then they did sound pretty bad. This whole podcast is done on voice memos. A lot of people don't know that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. Technology has come really far. So, obviously, uh, as you mentioned with the Crims, they had a, a, a rotating variety of, of uh, styles styles and influence. Uh, when you wrote your songs, what would be your primary influences that you drew on? Like, a lot of, like, garage rock. Like, I I got, like, obsessed with, like, the Black Lips. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, I, like, you know, Deer Hunter. And I know they're not really garage rock, but, like, a lot of Atlanta bands. Okay. And um, then, like, you know, like, VOCs and, like, Ty Siegel. Sure. Like, just, like, you know, Atlanta and, like, L.A. kind of, like, stuff like that. So, so Atlanta started to be in the in the forefront of your mind. Yeah, so I was like, oh, there's a lot of really cool shit coming out of Atlanta, and it's not, like, super far from Florida. I was, That's I, true. Yeah. And I just... <laughs> That's so true, dude. Yeah, I just got, like, this kind of idea in my mind that, like, Atlanta was, like, a super cool place, you know? So you decided at a certain point in high school that that was where you wanted to go yeah. and pl- try to play music? Pretty much by the time I was 16, I decided I was going to move to Atlanta. And like, And so you did. I did. How many years later did you do that? Three years later. Three years later, you came to Atlanta. Uh-huh. And uh, what was, did you have a like a plan in mind when you got here as far as how you would start to mm. try to become a part of that music scene that you were so drawn to? Not really. I mean, um, I just kind of started um, just going to shows and stuff. Um because, um, I mean, I forgot to mention, I was in another band for a little while in St. Pete called the Dial Tones, but we, we did some small-ish tours. That, and, did that brought you up to Atlanta? Or? Uh, we tried to play in Atlanta, but we ended up just playing like some shows in like North Carolina and then touring around Florida and stuff. Um, but I would always try to like get a shows in Atlanta, so I started like really like trying to tune into like what the like cool venues were and who else you could be like in contact with. Yeah, like some some bands, thing. you know, just uh, just like local bands. I was trying to research all that. So by the time I got here, I was already kind of like following like some like you know current like local Atlanta bands. 
Real quick before we get too yeah. too far, what was the dial tones? If you wanted to mention anything about um, that, um, it was kind of like a more like it was it was garagey. It started out with um, m- uh, me and one other member, Tyler, um, who still who still plays in a lot of bands in Florida. Uh huh. And um, he was also a drummer, and we both like kind of knew how to play guitar, so we would like switch off. Nice. It was yeah. just a two piece. Um, at first it was, and then my one of my best friend, uh, best friends, Jan, he played bass for us. Okay. After that, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. And, and you did the just you said one or two out of town shows or. Yeah, I mean we did like a couple like Florida runs, and then like we played a couple of shows in North Carolina, and I think that was really it for like out of town shows. Yeah. But certainly the bug had been caught as far as like oh, trying yeah. to get up out of mm-hmm. St. Pete and into somewhere oh, else. Oh yeah, definitely. Because like the St. Pete scene was super small. Like, like I feel like every musician who was making like interesting music in St. Pete, they all lived in like two houses right next door to each other. Ah, I see. You know, it was like a group. Kind of like, like a guys getting in the backyard and throwing the football around. Yeah. Not exactly the New York Giants. Yeah, it was just, you know, a group of, like, 20 or 30 people who were, like, all, like, in different bands together and stuff. And I kind of didn't really feel like I fit in. Yeah. Um, so I was just like, I just want to, you know, just move on, go to Atlanta. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Who were some of the acts in Atlanta that you tried to, I guess, familiarize yourself with when you got here? Um, I remember, like, um, I mean, I was, like, looking back at, like, my old Facebook likes, like, oh, uh, like a few weeks ago, and there were some bands, um, like, Sea Ghost. I know they're not active anymore, but I've been, like, online friends with Carter Sutherland since I was, like, 13, because we were both, like, asking questions about a the OC uh, show in Atlanta. We both, like, commented. Can I get in if I'm underage? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then we added each other, and, like, you know, we just kind of, like, I mean, we weren't really, like, close friends or anything, but we just, you know. Ran the fa- same circles. Face- Facebook friends, you know. Yeah. And um, so, like, that was one of his bands, I guess, and um, never got to see them play or anything. But I tried to, like set up a show with them with the dial tones mm-hmm. and then like i know that i had like why liked forever ago um even man up yancey like was in my likes and sure. i was like you know just all these bands like of people like people i, I kind of not really know now. peripheral knowledge yeah exactly but like bands they used to be in or or still are in you know you know when you go to a bar and someone asks you if you if you've heard of a, of an act and and you lie and you say like I've heard of them but I don't you know yeah that was kind of what you were basically like you were going after those people that you've you know yeah you've heard of but you've never actually listened to yeah I mean and I trying like, to start it that way like back then I would like listen you know, I I listened to like their Bandcamp recordings or whatever but like at that right, right. at that time I was like you know I didn't remember what they sounded like by the time I got here I just remember liking their music you know and. uh 
is there anybody that you met along the way that I think maybe changed the 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 playing field as far as Atlanta goes after a certain point of seeing all these shows? Yeah, I mean, I um, I mean, for a little while, like I didn't really play with anyone. I was just kind of doing it by myself, and then some more solo recordings. Yeah, and then I made like a Craigslist ad at one point. I just like literally was like I just listed like every single band I liked. I was like, hey, does anyone like these bands too and want to do some music together? Yeah. And I met um, one of my friends, uh, Sirius B, that way. Okay. He's really. He cool. responded to the Craigslist ad. Yeah, yeah. He said he like the the tipping like the the reason why he rep- uh, replied to it is like I listed Prince in there and he's like, okay. Okay. <laughs> what category of Craigslist did you put that on? Like the mu- like music. Okay. Like, okay, uh, okay. Not like the for sale category, but like the connections, mm-hmm, music mm-hmm. connections. Missed connections. <laughs> Missed connections. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he's really cool. We still keep in contact. Um, did you guys start playing a little together? Yeah, we did. Um, I was living in an apartment though, so I didn't have my drum set up. But we came up with like some songs. Um, you know. What just- was serious play? Um, like guitar, keyboard, sing, you know, I would kind of do the same. And, um, we did some weird recordings at his house a couple of times, um, with one of his friends. I would just, I, he'd just kind of be like, hey, you want to add something onto the song? Uh-huh. And was he I'd, involved with anything else? Um, yeah, he was in, like, m- pretty much, like, maybe 10 years ago, he was, like, kind of in the Atlanta scene. Okay. You know, he's, he's, um, hasn't really been too involved with it, like, recently, but... Back in the day, I guess he was. When you guys were working together, did you have a project title or anything like that? Um, not really. We didn't actually come up with like a name, but I did get like a storage unit as a practice space for a little while, and we called it the Chateau. Nice. Because um, the lock that the lady at the front desk gave me had like the Chateau engraved in it. <laughs> so I mean, maybe that could be the band name if we ever, you know, revive some of those songs. There you go. Yeah. And uh, how long did that go for, you think? Um, it's just kind of like on and off for like a year, maybe. Uh-huh. Um, and then, you know, I just kind of saw that that wasn't really going to like, you know, like become what I wanted, like being in like a touring band. Like it's more just like kind of like a fun thing to do like every once in a while. You wanted a job. Yeah, basically. I wanted a full-time yeah. thing. So I kept like making posts and stuff. And uh, eventually, like, you know, at first I was making posts like, who wants to start a band? These are the bands I like. Mm-hmm. And then it, nothing was happening with that. So I was just, I just made like a vague ass post in Atlanta DIY, like, who needs a drummer? Nice. And then like, I got like fucking 20 responses. Yeah, be careful. Yeah. Um, so I listened to everyone and like, out of like everyone, like, I, like Isaac commented on it. And, um, Isaac. Isaac Bishop. Oh, we've had him on this yeah. show. Probably our tallest guest. Um, probably so. Yeah. He's very tall. He's a tall guy. Um, so he he linked his music. He and needed a drummer. He did need a drummer, and I really liked his music, so I was like, everyone else, I was just kind of like, eh, you know. So Isaac, at that point, had already been playing around Atlanta for a little while. When he, yeah. when he responded to that, saying he needed a drummer, what was it for? I mean, he just, like, linked his solo music. I think he was just, like, looking to, like, do some more projects. Yeah. Yeah. He's always looking. Yeah, he's always, you know, taking taking new projects on. When you're that tall, you can see everything. True. You can see into the future. That's right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So Isaac shared with you some of his solo stuff. Yeah. And uh, when you guys first got together, what, what is it that, like, I guess made you realize that there was something that was going to work there? 
Well, um, beyond just the music itself, was there something to the chemistry that you guys had in person? I mean, like the first time you play with someone, of course, it's a little awkward, but like it was pretty easy to like play along to like the songs that he already had. And we kind of jammed a little bit and like came up with some stuff. But we just started like talking about bands and stuff that we like. And we had very similar music taste. And Mm -hmm. um, we both like brought up the fact that we like the intelligence. And that was kind of like, oh, shit, you like the intelligence? Yeah, the deep cut right there. Yeah. I mean, they're they're not like super, super underground, but like not many people that I've met know about them offhand. So it's not like saying Prince. Yeah, exactly. So we're like, oh, shit, you like the intelligence. Um, So we kind of like bonded over that. And, um, you know, just eventually, you know, we're just like, fuck it, let's be a band. Cause like my, um, roommate at the time drew and, um, also Nikki and me, we were like, oh, we should start booking shows in Atlanta. And so Drew is kind of like taking the lead on that. And, um, but I was kind of giving him like suggestions like, oh, you know, there's uh, this band I saw Feverous. That's really cool. Maybe they could play the show. Mm. And then like a couple other bands. Floral print. Uh, no, I think... Not later, not until later. Um, But you and Isaac eventually, like you said, gelled so well that you said, let's start a band, and tell me what, tell me what that band's called. It's called Fun Isn't Fair. Oh my God. How'd you come up with that? Um, I had a list on my phone of band name ideas. So you came up with it? I mean, like, technically. You heard it here first. (laughs) I don't want to take credit for it, but it was on my, it was on my list. It was on my list, and it was... The what was there, What else is on that list? You got any other ones? That would have been like on my old phone, but there you was don't one. There was any one. <laughs> okay, there was another one called Dumpster Company we were considering, but I'm really glad we didn't go with that. Yeah. yeah, but we didn't really have any like immediate plans to be like start playing shows or whatever. But that show we were booking with my roommates ended up like we couldn't find a fourth band. So Isaac and our we were just like Were you right. booking a house show? Is that what you mean? No, we, we booked like like Drew like Drew and I like we didn't really know much at the time. We booked a show at like Union. Uh huh. And um we needed a fourth band and um we couldn't find anyone, so Isaac and I were like, All right, I guess we gotta be a band now. Um so we picked out the name and we like rehearsed like a set of like So born out songs. of a logistical error. Yeah. That isn't fair. I mean, and it is fun. It would have happened eventually, but I feel like the process kind of got expedited that way. Well, that's that's quite an origin story. I really like it. Thank you. And eventually, it's uh, the product is a song entitled "Fun Isn't Fair." Yes, true. We have a theme song. So when you guys started writing those songs together as a band, what was exactly the process? What you said, Isaac kind of came to you in the first place with yeah. material that he already had but yeah, it I mean, became that, a lot more of a collaborative effort well obviously. yeah yeah definitely um i mean at first like at our first show for example like most of the songs were songs that he had already written and there was a few in there that we wrote together and um, would you sing on any of those yeah i would sing like you know like either doubled vocals or like backup vocals or something now playing drums and Singing at the same time has always impressed me a lot because it seems very hard to, to already operate independently with your arms yeah. and legs. But then also to keep a rhythm on, on a vocal pattern is yeah, the third me. thing. I don't know. How, how long did that take you to get good at? Well, I mean, even when Fun Isn't Fair started, I wouldn't even consider myself to have been tech, like, good at it. Like, I was just like had a little bit of experience with it. Because, like, with the dial tones, I rarely sang and played drums. Like, it was only when Tyler and I switched off to where I was playing guitar that I would sing. Right. Um, but then I had, like, a couple, you know, just jammy projects with my friends where I'd occasionally sing on drums. 
in uh, Florida. And so I had like a little bit of experience with it. But when we first started Fun Isn't Fair, it was like, it was pretty difficult for me to keep up with it. And I kind of had to play like simplified versions of the beats I wanted to play in order to be able to sing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would say that's an elemental sound to what Fun Isn't Fair sounds like is the mm-hmm. two of y'all's voices together. But yeah, it's my favorite part of it, honestly, is just the double vocals or when you were writing i guess for those first few shows like the songs that you would both sing mm-hmm. were they lyrics that you had written together or were they songs that one of y'all had written part of then the other um, put another part in there or i'm trying to think of like the first show like what songs we wrote together at that point i think like burnt toast we had ah, that was yes. our first song that we wrote together and then fun isn't fair was maybe like the second song we wrote together and That's cool. I like it when bands write a song after the name of the band. Yeah, I think actually we wrote that song before we decided the band name was going to be Fun Isn't Fair. Okay. And so we we're like, okay, I guess, you know. Did you start with the title to inspire the rest of the track? Um, Yeah, we did. That's interesting. Um, Isaac wrote the lyrics for that one and Burnt Toast as well. But, you know, I came up with like my own drum beat and like, um, you know, helped with some of the vocal melodies and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, I think May. I don't know if those were the only two we uh, originals like that we wrote together that we played at our first show or not, but you know, eventually it came became more like of like an equal contribution. You know, like now, like I feel like we both like kind of equally uh, contribute at least with like you know, like I'll write my drum part, he'll write his guitar part, but like we'll both like equally work on the vocals, the melody, and the lyrics together. Like towards the beginning, it was. More I more so Isaac because you know, I don't know. It just that's how it was, and yeah. I, I wasn't super comfortable singing and playing drums at that time. Right. Yeah. And um, when you guys did that first show, like I said, it was more of the result of the booking. Yeah, just the need for a fourth band, pretty much. But after that seemed to work. Yeah. Um, you guys started looking for other shows. A lot of work around town. Yeah, yeah. We um we booked a show at Star Bar after that. Uh-huh. So Isaac's like friends with, or he was uh, friends with the old Booker of Starbar. Yeah. Um, that show was that show was pretty successful, honestly. Like I feel like you know for a second show we had quite a few people there. Uh-huh. Shit. Well, eventually, you and Isaac are not the only two collaborators uh, in your in your Atlanta journey. Oh yeah, yeah. A couple months after uh, a few of your shows have uh, been put under the belt, you come to a floral print. House yes, show at uh, what was that um, called? Like Casanova. Casanova. And uh, met a, a cool guy named Alex Tyke. Well, I got to know you at that show, and we really hit it off, and uh, eventually started crossing paths again when mm-hmm. Post Hunk, as a two piece with just yes. myself and Mr. Jonathan Milhouse Pierce, uh, started. Is that his middle name? Yeah, it's Milhouse. Are you Let that be on the record. What? On uh, group hugs, that's Jonathan Milhouse Pierce. That's wild. Milhouse. That being said, <laughs> post hunk and fun isn't fair started to see each other more and more in five two nine or the Earl or the Star Bar. Yeah, we just kind of caught wind of each other. Or other house shows like Casanovas. Yeah. And uh, well, by golly, we liked each other a lot, didn't we? Yeah. Um, so, so tell me a little bit about what happened there. Well, so got a message from John asking if we wanted to play a show with you guys at 529. And I hadn't even heard your music at all. But yeah. I liked the band name. 
And I was like, I kind of got a good vibe about this. So I was just like, yeah, sure, we'll play. <laughs> what did you listen to first when you heard it? I didn't. Yo, you never even okay. No. You waited till the show. I waited till the show. That's a cool. Uh, that's a cool way to go. Yeah, I I do that a lot of the time. Um, or try to. We had listened to you guys. That's why we asked. Oh well, cool. So. I'm glad you liked our music. I um, loved it. Um, but yeah, we just we, became in, instant best friends. That's true. We were like, we started planning a tour the night we met each. Well, I mean. I had met you before, but like the night yeah, the night all, all of us, us had finally gotten together. together. Yeah, we were like, yeah, we're "This like, is gonna work. We're a two piece. You're a two piece. It's all let's gonna go happen. on tour together." Exactly. Yeah. But yeah. what even what what what's even better than that? I'll tell you. Well, so, Isaac joined uh, Post Hunk as a drummer. Well, as we mentioned like, about Isaac, he's always looking. Yeah, and um, I was like, "Oh shit!" Like I kind of wanted to play drums for them. But I was like, well, if I can't play drums, I still want to be in the band. So um, I was like, well, what if I just play bass? Um, and, and so that's by what happened by uh, force of another act of circumstance, much yeah. like the show that made Fun and Fairer. Yes, I'm a, I'm a very like a fluid, uh, flexible person. You're I guess. you're a good reactor. True, true. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you've had to react the whole the whole time you've been. Playing music, it seems. I'm just, you know, I'm just dealing with things as they happen. Well, I'm so glad that you reacted that way because yeah. then you did join Post Hunk as the bass player, uh-huh. and we did do that tour together. And it was a lot of fun. It was very interesting. It was a lot of fun, but I would also call it fair. Was it fair? I would say fun. Fun in that case was fair. Was Richmond fair? <laughs> we can have a whole another episode uh, devoted to Richmond, but. <laughs> Okay. As I said, Post Hunk <laughs> and Fun is in Fair embarked on their first ever joint mm-hmm. tour in twenty seventeen mm-hmm. or eighteen, I believe. I, I think so. it was seventeen. I don't know anymore. Me neither. And it was great. It was. Wasn't it great? Yeah, we all got along so well. By that point, did Fun is in Fair have releases? Um, just like our self The one rele- self titled Oh, and we did record like an EP with this guy, uh, Mark, um, who lives up in Dunwoody. But we opened up for this New York band, Bodega. That was really cool. We opened up for them at the Earl. Mm-hmm. And Mark was at that show to see Bodega. And then he ended up liking us and he emailed us and he's like, Hey, I want to do like free recordings for you guys. And I was like, Oh, hell yeah. I was like, Okay, cool. So we went over to his house and recorded like a six song EP. That's the Past Lives EP. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it turned out really good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, much, song- much better than our like home recording stuff. Are any of those songs in particular uh, your composition more than Isaac's or a joint? Um, I'm trying to think of what all we have on there. I mean, I, you know, now we wait and Muriel are both on that, but you know, we're we're re-recording those now. But anyway, those are those first versions. Those first versions are on there, and um, I mean, Muriel, I came up with like the whole vocal part for it. I mean, that's not really saying that much because there's literally only like six words in the song, but But as it's as catchy. anybody that has ever gotten to see a f- uh, Fun is in Fair post hunk joint venture, mm-hmm. that's the that's the song that brings us all together. Yeah, we invite uh Alex and John up on stage to sing. A lot of y'all songs. Moves. A lot of y'all songs in general but without John and I coming up there to ruin it uh have a very sing along or like just a catchy, memorable quality to the Thanks. simplicity of it, and I think that's a lot of the reason that you guys work as often as you do. Yeah, that's kind of like my approach towards like vocals is more like, you know, simple and like melody 
driven. Um, and Earworms. Then, yeah, that's what I like. And then I like Isaac kind of writes some more like wordy, like deep, um, angry ones. And I know I, I really like those too, but like we just have two kind of different styles. So like, yeah, they're kind of distinct if you like look at it that way. Like, oh, how what's the word count of this song? Well, then Isaac probably wrote that, you know, right, right. Versus um, the songs that I came up with the majority of the lyrics for or whatever. Uh, but most of it's a collaborative thing. Like, we'll help each other with lyrics and, sure. um, you know, melodies and stuff like that. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So. So, uh, I have to ask, just at least for my own personal uh, uh, curiosity, mm-hmm. when you play in different acts... Like post tunk and fun isn't fair on the same night when you got when we would all play together and like yeah. you know be on the same bill. Mm-hmm. Is there a mentality that you have for when you play and sing and fun isn't fair versus when you play bass and post tunk that like you think is a major difference beyond just the you know uh-huh. memorization of each of the material? Do you think there's a, a different headspace you have to get in when you're when you're more on the on the forefront like in fun isn't fair with I, the singing and, and things honestly, like that? Honestly, I'm like strangely just more. I'm more comfortable, I think, in Fun Isn't Fair just because drums are my main instrument. Yeah. And I know, like, you know, I'm probably not going to fuck up, you know? And we've just played the songs, like, hundreds of times. Mm. Like, we know them, like, the back of our hand. Um, I've never seen anybody, by the way, burn through a set in the most, like, tight consistency <laughs> night after night than Fun Isn't Fair on yeah. a seven-night tour. By nice. the way, if you ever get a chance, if we, any of us ever get a chance to, to see again. anybody or uh, go to a show. Yeah, we got to get people font like when tours are the thing again, hopefully, if they ever are. Um, we got to get people to follow us like the Grateful Dead, right? Yes. And make sure that they all don't have the novel coronavirus. Yeah, true that. Yeah. We'll anyway, make them, we'll make them present their vaccine cards. Don't that's we? exactly right. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, you're more comfortable, like you said, up there in the on the on, on the, the drums th- on with, the throne on the on the, on the on the fucking throne the rock and roll throne. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm more comfortable playing bass now too. At first, I was definitely like nervous at the shows and stuff, um, but I'm I'm more comfortable with it now. I just sometimes I just don't know what to do with my body, you know, because like when I'm drumming, like I have like a specific. You don't really stop moving. When you play yeah, drums. like I I know exactly what I need to do with my arms and legs, and I just like move my head around a little bit. But like with bass, I'm like, what do I do? Do I just like sway back and forth? Like I just feel like a yes. like a sim or something. That's what you do. You sway. You just sway. Yeah. Yeah. You just look super bored. Make sure you don't look at anybody. I look at people oh. in the crowd. Oh, I like to make them uncomfortable. Two different approaches from two different hours. I know you here. turn your back at the crowd, and they're like, "What the fuck is wrong with this guy?" Look, I like to make them fight for my attention. You just want them to stare at your ass. Hey, listen, they're all in the patio smoking cigarettes, and you know they're not. Whatever. Anyway, fun isn't fair in post-hunk, Uh reunion or a, not a reunion, a union. 
A union. A union at the fir- in the first place. Mm-hmm. For the ages. <laughs> um, and it birthed not only those tours that we did together, but a little something of Post Tonks has you and Isaac both playing on it. Mm-hmm. Do you want to go outside? Yes. The Do world, the outside? world famous EP, mm-hmm. released earlier in 2020, recently and recorded, produced, and mixed <laughs> by our uh, our fearless leader Matt, Matthew yes. Greenia. Who's Woo! that? Where is he? There he is. I oh my know. god, he's writing down. He's drawing. He's the, taking notes. He's drawing the super S. <laughs> oh god. He's doing the snake S. <laughs> nice, nice. Anyway, king shit. Other than um, the self-titled EP, and then the and that's called what again? It's the Past Lives EP. Past Lives EP. Uh huh. What other recordings do people look for when it comes to Fun Is and Fair recordings? Well, I mean, since Past Lives, we have our self-titled album, which we recorded with Matt. That's right. Matt Greenia. Matt Greenia down here at Diamond, Diamond Street. Street. Ooh, we said that. You want to say it all three words? Diamond, Diamond Street, Street Studios. Studios. Yeah, that's where you recorded it. <laughs> that was stupid. That was um, awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we recorded our uh, self-titled album here, and uh, that's 11 songs, which uh, is a very short album. But Featuring him playing bass a little bit, I think. Yeah, right? he played bass on Camel Cash, because, like, I don't Look know. Look at that. I mean, I- Isaac's hands just couldn't handle it, but Matt's could. He well, Isaac has like, very small, delicate hands. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely small. Dain- let us let us put that on the record hands. as well. Yes, small, dainty hands. One of the tallest people I've ever seen with little girl hands. Mm-hmm. But Matt, <laughs> Matt has normal proportional hands to his mm-hmm. his build and body, and he was able to play that bass for you guys. I like that song, Camel Cash. Yeah, that's a that's one of our greatest hits, I would say. And since that's been uh, finished and released, what else have you been working on in the age of coronavirus? Um, well, Obviously not a tour. I mean, a little while ago we did release, I mean, I don't even know how long ago it was now, but it seems like a little while ago we did release our live at Rec recordings. Um, nice. So those are up on Bandcamp. And right now we are currently recording our next album with Graham Tavel. Do you have a title for this? Um, we do not yet, but I think it's going to be Now We Wait. It's just going to be named after one of the songs. And so some of these songs are new, but other ones have been yeah. parts of the of the set for a, a few mm-hmm. years now. Yeah, like, I feel like maybe it's like 50-50, like... You guys probably have the biggest, like, catalog to your own originals that I know of for we a band that's, like, like on the same... We have, like, 50 songs, I think. Yeah, like... that's wild. I mean, they're all, like, two minutes or less, usually, but, like... Oh, the, either way. I mean, yeah, we do have a lot of songs, so when we do a practice where we're like, oh, let's play all the songs, it takes a while, but... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this album is gonna I mean, have... Shit, um, 50 songs, two minutes each, that's, like... God, that's gotta be 100 minutes. Holy shit. Oh, my God. You're right. Um, Y'all check the math at home. Yeah, you might want to pull out your calculator for that one. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, we're recording our next album, um, which is going to have... 22 songs? Ooh, is it a double? I mean, I guess, technically. I mean, it's going to be like... Well, 22 songs, two minutes be, each. It's going to be like the length of like a regular like album this time. Nice, okay. Um, And so we've got like all the live tracking done for that, like the drums and guitar. And uh, we've got bass for like 90% of it. Um, Aiden is going to come play... Aiden Burns. Aiden Burns. And 
the the very famous noteworthy Aiden Burns is going to play on a couple of tracks on bass and um then you know we we got some scratch vocals but we got to you know do the uh legit vocals uh we've got some keyboard ideas uh that we've got to record we're going to do percussion uh maybe throw in some sax um maybe get our friend who plays flute to come in on a song you know nice, go nice. just go fucking crazy because like why not and now we wait and now we wait for the album yeah and uh ideally we'll have live shows back in the near future yeah, what, I mean, what, what, what do you strive to achieve when that when that possibility opens back up i mean we'll do an album release show album release show but beyond that anything tour you ever well, want to go yeah. anywhere that you haven't been before i mean i want to tour f- everywhere for the rest of my life I want to be like Dick Dale on a tour till I'm like 80. Well, you don't want to be on dialysis. Well, I don't want to be on dialysis. I just want to tour till I'm like 80 something. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, Alex Toisku <laughs> is a person that does not seem to stop working no matter what the circumstances are or I who. Can't. I can't do it. Can't she's stop. working with. And I'm so glad that that is the case because not only has it affected me personally with post punk, but. <laughs> It's been a, a delight to the senses for anybody that's ever come across any of those creations. Well, thank you. That's very touching. And I can't wait. I really do mean it. Now we all wait for the upcoming Fun Isn't Fair release, which oh, yeah. whenever it comes out, be sure to find a version of it on Bandcamp or mm-hmm. where else can we find it? Um, we'll we'll put it on streaming too, like you know Spotify. Spotify. You can start a Pandora station on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll yeah, be on yeah, TikTok. Yeah. You know, it'll be. You can put it in an Instagram story. You can put it in your Snapchat. Honestly, you can put yeah. it. You can put it. Put it anywhere. You can put it anywhere. Yeah, you can put it anywhere. But um, we're not we're not like rushing this. But um, we we have talked about like you know doing like a series of like singles like. So to promote it, yeah, as yeah, it's, like, uh, as it's yeah, coming. just like spaced out over like a few months, like oh, here's another single, and I was talking about like oh, what if we did like a music video for each single because like why not? Like we have nothing better to do right now. Alex Duisku, thank you so much for stopping by, and in in the case of somebody coming up with a miracle cure that stops this coronavirus in its tracks tomorrow. Go mm-hmm. see Fun Isn't Fair. Yeah, if it's over. Because I know that you're going to go book a show as soon as this is oh, over. Oh, yeah. We'll have one at my house. Shit. The day they give us the all clear and Adult Swim is over, post-hunk and Fun Isn't Fair, we will ride again. Oh, yeah. I can't wait. Thank you so much for being here. I hope this wasn't uh, anything less or more than you expected. I no. hope it was exactly what you expected. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad I wasn't really awkward. This is great. Yeah. And uh, shout out to my family if they listen to this. That's right. Judy. I know Judy, her name. Rick, Connie, D, Ruth, Alicia. All those people down Lori, there. Lori, Billy, Sean. Fuck. That's like all my family, though. I don't really have any more family than that. Well, if any of those people want to come on the show, I've <laughs> listed my phone number many times. But <laughs> okay. thank you, Alex, for again no for problem. being here. All right. And maybe uh, next week we'll have yet a third person named Alex, but we'll see. Oh, wow. Stay tuned. competitor. Okay. Thanks, everybody. Uh, goodbye. Bye-bye. That's it.
With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.